We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a play-by-play announcer who loves to save money. And here at Progressive, it's discounts all day. The customer's a safe driver and nails it with a discount. Signed up for paperless billing, and it's a discount from downtown. Insuring multiple vehicles, and kablam, shakalaka, fadeaway, cross-court, coast-to-coast, discount mania! Whew, should we go to commercial? Wait, this is a commercial. With all kinds of discounts, Progressive helps you save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Discounts not available in all states or situations. was literally right at the top of the stairs in my basement. Like my, like my life flashed before my eyes. <laughs> I didn't see any results from this weekend, unfortunately. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast with Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Basil. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the 
Rotowire Fantasy Major League Soccer Podcast. Uh, my name is Andrew Laird, your host. Joined once again by our uh, MLS experts, Skylar Redpath and JD Bazo. Guys, we asked for some questions on Twitter uh, this week, and we got some back. So I'm going to go to Skylar first because uh, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you may have a few more lineups than than others. Um, <laughs> Andrew Crawlard, who is at Crawlaa, C R O L L A A was wondering just what the different strategies you use um, between head-to-head matchups and GPPs. Do you ever use, like, do you use all of your lineups in GPPs, or do you keep some just for head-to-head? How do you how do you separate them? Sure. For me, I, I don't play a ton of head-to-head unless I'm uh, duking it out with JD just over, <laughs> you know, whether Bruin or Wando will score a goal. But, uh, <laughs> I stick to GPPs mostly on my end, but when I do, I mean, I'd, I'd say uh, for me, 50-50s and GPPs are where I'm at, so you could compare a 50-50 to a head-to-head. For me, anytime I'm playing in a 50-50, I'm always going to go with the uh, the logical pick, so to speak. So what I mean by that is if I pick out a team to, to notch a clean sheet, then that's probably the goalkeeper I'm going to go with, and then probably going to go with maybe a uh, defender from that same team and then maybe a defender from another team that I feel really good about earning a clean sheet just so I'm not completely all in in the back. Um, Then as far as midfield, you know, like on a GPP, so to speak, I might plug in a guy like uh, a couple weeks ago, Will Johnson was at 3,000. So I took a gamble on him and it paid off, but probably would not do that in a uh, 50-50 or a head-to-head I'm going to go with more reliable guys such as like a Iguain or Pedro Morales. Um, you know, the type of guys that you can count on to that have a floor of about 10 and a ceiling that's unpredictable. And same same with forwards. I'm usually going to go with the guys that have, have produced and are consistent, whereas in a GPP, of course, you're going to take those risks that will set you apart from the, from the pack. Um, that's pretty much how I play it. Um, obviously, you're going with the safer, more consistent picks for the head-to-head and 50-50s and, and taking a little bit more risk with the GPPs. Yeah, I uh, obviously that that's the um, approach you want to take, uh, the difference between the two. I think for MLS, one, um, one thing when you compare MLS to the other daily fantasy sports, you can play... Um, cash games um, more similarly to GPPs just because um, you don't have as much competition as many people throwing out um, some crazy lineups and there's just less talent to pick from so if you're really comfortable with your 50-50 lineups your head-to-head lineups um, I'd feel pretty confident throwing those into a GPP and feeling like you're gonna do well as time has gone on this season I have begun to differentiate uh, more and more and I feel like you want to keep the same approach as when you're uh, playing a 50-50, but maybe toggle one or two players um, differently to kind of a differential pick. Maybe pay up um, for a guy that you don't think a lot of people are going to look at, like maybe David Villa this week is well over $10,000, hasn't been producing um, as much as people would hope. Um, kind of pay up for your differential, find one other guy maybe, and then I would still just play it safe in the GPPs. There's a lot of smart people getting into daily fantasy MLS, but there's still it's still not a game you want to go crazy with and take a lot of a lot of wild picks. 
Yeah, I feel like a lot of people hear that advice of, you know, you got to find your differentials and then they try to find 10 of them for the same lineup, which is clearly you're losing out on significant upside without some, you know, if you're avoiding Giovinco because you think everybody's going to be on him. Like, there are some guys you have to have because you're just, you're going to leave too much on the table if you if you kind of ignore them. Uh, right. If if you played it safe last night and, um, and then you took Arietta or... Um, Sebastian Latou maybe, and the rest of them were kind of chalky picks, then I think you did really well in GBP and cash games. Yeah, I mean, last night was, I'm not even sure there were that many starting safe picks anyway. Like, That's you, true. You, you know, you had, uh, yeah, last night I, I was putting the lineups in and I, I basically had to quadruple check them because I couldn't believe how many how many guys were on the on the bench. Like, uh, Spindola we knew was kind of banged up, so him being on the bench wasn't so crazy. But, you know, you had Kay Kamara on the bench. I'm trying to think there was an Oh, Rivero and Morales for Vancouver were both on the bench. Like, oh, Hamid. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah, Hamid. Um, so I saw those, and I was like, I, I had, was uh, saying to JD earlier, I, I didn't end up getting in last night. But looking at who was playing, I'm not sure where I would have even spent the money. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, uh, apologies to anybody who reached out to me on Twitter at that at that pregame scramble, because I was I'm in my own you know, trying to figure out my own lineups at that point. Like, what is going on? This is, it was crazy. But uh, A little tough because you had the season-long lock coming up also. Yeah, trying to man- trying to shuffle the season-long and then also, like, get, get our DraftKings lineup set. It was just, it was probably one of the crazier pre-lineup locks that I've seen this season. And uh, I think it's going to get even, even crazier with Gold Cup and uh, some of the other international tournaments coming up. So just kind of a little... Uh, Little warm up, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, that, I hope I hope that wasn't just a warm up. Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> that actually uh, goes to another question that we got from uh, at FF Backers. The question was, why are MLS teams constantly, or excuse me, consistently sitting their best players, particularly in away matches, during the midweek? And I think the answer is basically you don't want to play. You know, coaches don't want to play their best players essentially three times in seven days or eight days, whatever it is. What always got me, uh, because we see this in, in Premier League as well, when they're either midweek matches or they have Champions League Europa or FA Cup or Cap, whatever, 17 cups that these guys play for every every season, that I never understood the idea of resting someone now for the next match as opposed to just playing them now and possibly resting them later. It's uh, I always gave credit to Jose Mourinho because he basically plays his guys as much as he can until they can't go anymore because you want to get your points as soon as you can get them. There's no reason to to wait on to wait on points. JD, do you have an opinion on on resting guys midweek like we saw last night? Yeah, well, I think first of all, beautiful segue from the, uh, the discussion <laughs> into the next question. Um, I think that first I'll just touch on a reason, maybe throw it to Skylar, but I have a couple. Um, number one is twelve of the twenty teams make the playoffs, so it's not like um, a lot of these games are very meaningful right now to the coaches. Um, unless you're one of the um, teams right above the bottom feeders, you're not going to put out your, your best lineup three times straight in eight days. Um, so so I do think you see a lot of that from the teams that are sitting in safe positions. Meanwhile, if you look at a team like Montreal or Philadelphia, they put out pretty uh, – top-notch teams in, in an attempt to catch up and get a playoff spot. Yeah, that's a great point. That was 
quite a result that Philly got last night, beating Columbus 3 nothing. Yeah, Philly's on a roll right now. Um, but just back to the question, uh, and it's just MLS is, has such a congested schedule, and it's not just in the league. I mean, they're, they're scheduling these midweek matches for teams that are all, also trying to juggle U.S. Open Cup, CONCACAF Champions League, on top of their play, some of their top players being called in for international duty. So, I mean, these guys are getting run ragged. And from a fantasy perspective, you don't like to see it, but just treating these guys as human beings, it just, <laughs> it's logical um, for a coach to rest a guy and say for Columbus, in Columbus's case, for instance, last night Kai Kamara was on the bench. He's the leading scorer in the league, so play, you know, fantasy players are throwing up their hands like, what is their coach thinking? He's you know, top scorer in the league best offensive weapon but Columbus I mean they they rolled out a pretty weak team last night and uh it's it's almost predictable that they're focusing on picking up saying hey we're gonna throw in the towel this game and they're picking up planning on picking up three points this weekend at home um that for me is is one of those things with the MLS schedule being so congested that coaches have to kind of pick and choose where they're really gonna um especially on a two-game week where they're really gonna extend their players and Kai came on for maybe 20 or 30 minutes last night, which if the game was close, it might have made a difference. Last night it wasn't. Um, but on these two-game weeks, then you've, you've really got to be wary of something like that, especially on the front end. And also, you know, you got to kind of look at the schedule and see what games teams might target to uh, that they've got a better chance of winning. Say if last night, for instance, Columbus was on the road, they're at home this weekend, then that's the game that they're probably going to target to, to pick up three points and not, uh, you know, not rest their players. The thing that got me about Kamara was that he came on for Higuain. So it's not even like he got the two better players, you know, the, the best attacking players that they have. They, they weren't even there together, which, you know, I don't want to say they were throwing in the towel already, but they probably threw in the towel before kickoff. So yeah, got to get, got to get Higuain a little rest too. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind <laughs> yeah. of surprising that he started, and then you kind of looked it around and you said, there's no way he's playing 90. Right. Yeah, I think one thing to really look at from a coaching perspective is these MLS teams are pretty shallow, most of them, even the elite ones. If you lose one of your best players, then you go from, from squarely in the playoffs and maybe a contender to maybe out of the playoffs. I mean, think about Columbus without Kai Kamara. They'd probably be all right. But, I mean, they're a very different team. And imagine some of the worst teams if NYCFC lost David Villa, um, something like that. So the coaches know these – I mean, they have to save their best players for the long term uh, if they're going to find some success. And, I mean, this these games don't matter at all in terms of that. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. Um, we There are two others that I'm going to get to, but I think they're going to – hopefully come up as well segued as the first one uh, some later in our conversation. So um, we'll, we're just going to jump right in. There's only one Friday game this week. It's the Red Bulls at the Dynamo, two teams that play, were playing quite well a month ago, it seemed, and not, not as well now. Uh, Red Bulls have five points in their last six games, five goals in that span. Houston's got seven points and seven goals in there. Uh, Skylar, do you think they're... This is where every, everyone breaks out, or are we going to see another low-scoring one? Uh, it's tough. I mean, it's one of those games where it could be like a 3-3 or it could be a, a 0-0, but there's fantasy potential for sure if you're playing the Friday-Saturday slate. 
Um, guys like Giles Barnes, you've got to got to look at. I even think Will Bruin is is back in the conversation. Um, and of course, <laughs> Brad- <laughs> come on, JD. Come on, man. You didn't even rank him this week. Was it was it three and three that he's up to now, or is it not quite four there? and four? Maybe is it four and four? Yeah, four and four. He had a one goalless game against LA. Yeah, not he's going to get some chances this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's back in the mix. BWP, Lloyd Sam, Felipe. I mean, those are all fantasy options. I think uh, Brad Davis is questionable. I think he might have returned to training this week. Yeah, it sounds uh, like he's closer to playing than not playing. Yeah, I think if he plays, then he's definitely an option um, just from his crossing ability. But um, the... For me, the main targets on this one are, are some of the offensive weapons, um, Giles Barnes especially, and then Will Bruin if you're if you're really feeling like the Dynamo are going to score some goals. What do you I, think, J.D.? You like, you like Bruin this week? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, before, you I, jump, before you jump in, I want to note that um, DraftKings is doing – they have – there's no kind of early, real early slate Saturday. So it looks like they're just including Friday – in, in like a full Friday and a full Saturday or just full Saturday. So um, it's not like you're going to get brewing on a short slate either. Right. And he's $8,300. If, if Will Bruin was $5,000, I'd be starting to buy in. He, like I said, four goals in four games, but $8,300, you can get some great players for that price. Um, so I'm, I'm really off of brewing and most people in this game, um, the, I think the Red Bulls, you know, I keep saying that I'm going to gonna, gonna uh, pretty much every game I think on here, I'm saying the Red Bulls should really dominate, the Red Bull Bulls should have a great game, and they've been really poor lately in terms of their results. Um, but I'm sticking with them. I, I think they're a much better team than Houston. Houston could be missing some people. So I think you might want to consider a Red Bulls midfielder when you look at this slate against all the other Saturday teams. Uh, particularly Felipe Martins at 6,500 is a guy I would be looking at and considering. Uh, apart from that, the the really big question for me is Bradley Wright Phillips versus Giles Barnes. Um, and kind of contrary to what you might think coming from me, I would uh, probably lean towards Giles Barnes. I just think he's going to have to pick up a lot of the slack for that team, and uh, I think he's capable of doing a lot of the work himself. And Bradley Wright Phillips, he's getting more expensive despite less results, and I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, I think Barnes is Barnes is going to miss considerable time because he made that uh, Copa America team for Jamaica. So he's he's obviously playing this week, but I think this might be the last one until he he leaves. If I have my my schedule right here, so you're right. Yeah, Houston um, could try to milk it this week. I was just about to say, I think they may may go all out with him. I, they're missing a few other guys, but he's obviously the biggest biggest contributor and i think that tournament goes until i think july 4th was the date of the final you know you never know how far any of these teams really are going to go so i mean that's a pretty big absence so i certainly don't expect to see him on the bench on on set on uh, friday yeah right he's hit close to um well he hit eight points last game he hit 11 the game before and he hasn't scored a goal for two games so that's kind of his floor is it looks like it's in between eight and 11 points and Going back to the uh, the cash game question, I mean that's if you're targeting guys that are hitting right or at around ten points, then you you should be pretty good if you have one of those guys go off and and double that. So um, Barnes is a good target. 
For sure. Point. Yeah, the, the, I had sort of the same feeling um, that you did, Skylar, when, when you first started talking about it. I, I feel like this game is going to be either th- something like 3-3 or scoreless. And I don't, I don't have the... I'm not even sure what the word is looking for that I'm looking for is, but I'm not going to go all in on a Red Bulls or Dynamo defense, for especially with this uh, huge slate that they're on, because I could just see that blowing up if I if I decide yes, this is going to be scoreless, and that'll be five four. Um, going to a game that's probably not going to be five four. New York City FC at Philadelphia. It's uh, the one of the two seven o'clock games on on Saturday. That's the those are the first ones that are coming in. Philadelphia. Uh, as I read in this wonderful new feature uh, on Rotowire called Informed, that <laughs> Philadelphia was 18th in the form table in the league uh, going into last night's game. And they did exactly what we all thought they would do, and they blasted Columbus 3 nothing. And is there. So Philly's now at home uh, playing against, you know, they've got another home game against New York City FC, who uh, are now linked to. Italian legend Andrea Pirlo, who will somehow make that midfield older than it actually is already when <laughs> Lampard comes. I said to a friend of mine that at least they have the small field at Yankee Stadium that he won't have to run around as much. But um, oh, good point. We we mentioned David Villa earlier about a, a high price forward that people may not be necessarily looking at because he's been a little slow lately. He's the third highest priced forward this week. He's actually ahead of Clint Dempsey, who uh, may not play. We can talk about that uh, in a little bit. But where, who are we looking at in this game, J.D., to, to find some points? Did, did, did the result yesterday give you any confidence that, you know, Sebastian Leto is a definite play, or is uh, you guys both ranked Christian Maidana really highly this week? So is he the, the top choice from this one? Sebastian Leto is one of my least favorite players in Major League Soccer. I I really just don't like to watch him, don't like to use him in fantasy. Uh, he's slow. He, You know, he combines kind of well sometimes, but he just doesn't seem to get into dangerous areas as often as he used to. He used to be kind of like a magical goal scorer, um, kind of like Wondolowski, which is the lazy comparison. But Latou had the knack for scoring uh, a big goal in the big moments. And the, these days he needs to to be playing a very weakened team like Columbus when Philly's just having the perfect night. So I wouldn't rely on Latou for too much. I'm looking at David Villa, um, and I'm also looking at Maidana. Uh, if you want to get a little cheeky, maybe CJ Sapong, who I, I've been a big fan of this year. Um, every time he's gotten on the field, he's he's really showing that he can still play. So the Villa, let me just comment on him especially. He has to be near the top of the league in shots on goal per game. Um, last game he had seven shots, four on goal. He has multiple other games with uh, more three or more shots on goal. Um, so I wouldn't um, wouldn't really buy into the fact that Villa is struggling. I think maybe if he's overcoming this injury a little more, he's one of the most dangerous forwards in the league, particularly against Philadelphia, who it it's really hard to rely on despite the result last night. Skyler, how do you feel about Philly? Uh, I like, I actually like Latou. Uh, more of a GPP play for me. Obviously, like last night, he blew up. Anybody who took him probably won the money last night. Um, but it does seem like he's coming on as of late. He 
think he fired off five shots last night, had a goal and an assist. Uh, game before that, he had a pretty productive outing. So a game against an expansion team. Um, Philadelphia is on a little bit of a roll. Uh, Latou's been a big part of it, so he could keep it going. He's priced reasonably at 7000 so uh, I will probably have him in a lineup or two. Um, as far as anybody else from that game, like J.D. said, David Villa, I mean, just the shots alone, he's picking up points. Um, not just the one of the best strikers in this league, he's one of the best strikers in the world. So I think he even J.D. even tweeted it out a couple weeks ago or a week ago that uh, – B is probably at the point where so many people are, are saying what a letdown he's been thus far because he hasn't been scoring goals to where he's just going to start firing off shots. And when he's rattling off shots, he's getting us a DraftKings point for every shot. So that's enough for me to uh, to include him in my targets. I forgot how smart that was. I f- completely forgot I wrote that in my column. <laughs> and yes. then he did he did fire seven shots. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, no. Well yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty intuitive there, just the – I mean, he's he's a world-class striker. He's going to get off shots. New York City FC brought him in for a reason. It's to score goals. So they're going to be trying to feed him as much as possible. And in this DraftKings scoring setup, just makes sense to to include him. You're probably going to be looking at at least 10 points. And like last game, I think he had, what, 27 or something crazy like that. So you what? subtract 10 for the goal. I was going to say he's been points. three crosses and four fouls drawn. I mean, that's not nothing either. That's seven more points right there. Yeah. So he's he's definitely got the potential to have a monster game any any game he's playing in. Um, then aside from that, yeah, Madonna has been really reliable. Just his crossing ability alone, he's been picking up assists here and there. So he's one to uh, to target if you're looking for just a consistent point producer. And uh, Sapong's going to have more opportunities, especially with Arisigueta going down uh, midweek. Um, anybody besides that, I don't really like anybody on NYCFC other than Via. But Saunders. I do like... How about Saunders in goal? <laughs> yeah, Saunders could be peppered, so he could pick up some save points. But I actually like his uh, counterpart, Brian Sylvester. He's uh, been a big part of Philly's turnaround. I mean, he's had a couple of clean sheets over this little span. And, yeah, he's uh, been very good. Yeah, and then in the, on defense, Shannon Williams, He's he had an assist last game to go along with a clean sheet. And uh, Fabinho is always, you know, where he lacks on defense, he makes up for his swinging balls in from the from the wings. So Philly's got some options this game. Actually, I will probably target them fairly heavily in a couple of lineups. I, I'm with you on the Philly defense because I think Philadelphia's midfield should, should really overpower New York's midfield, even on uh, more tired legs. Um, Philly's at home. They they just have more quality um, keeping the ball than I think New York City is going to have. Um, the only thing that concerns me with their defense is that I mean they're as expensive as a lot of other really good options. Silvestri is forty seven hundred dollars. Yeah, they're priced they're priced to play New York City FC. I like sh- yeah I like Shannon Williams a lot though. I was looking at uh, Mondo Gold. David V is the thirteenth highest priced forward on Mondo Gold. Which does include uh, guys like Mike McGee and uh, Fabian Castillo, who's probably going to miss out again. But he's not nearly as highly priced in Mondo Goal as he is on on DraftKings. We'll also note that Mixed Discrude is out for New York City FC, which certainly isn't going to help 
<laughs> help their cause this weekend. Yeah. And Chris Winger on defense, who is uh, probably their best defender. Yep, exactly. So shorthanded New York City FC at Phillies doesn't the, – the defensive options sound a little better now all of a sudden. But uh, next game up is Toronto at D.C., which I think a month ago we wouldn't have put any thought into it, but this looks like it could be a pretty good one. Michael Bradley is out for Toronto, which is kind of a bummer since he was starting to become a relatively solid fantasy option. Uh, D.C. are unbeaten. Is it 21 consecutive now at home? I think that's the the stat that I saw last night. Yeah, Why do they need a new stadium if they exactly <laughs> exactly no need? So Michael Bradley not available. Giovinco very much available. Is it doesn't seem like there's anybody who can stop him. I think the three of us could go out there with him and and seven others, and we'd be able to. He'd be able to score. One of us would get an assist, but. Uh, who's who's a fill-in for Michael Bradley? We kind of have been touting Luke Moore as the fill-in for Josie Altidore, and frankly, he may be better than Josie, at least <laughs> playing better playing better than Josie. But how do we? What's the call if if you were playing Michael Bradley and you got comfortable? Where do we go from here with the with Toronto Skyler? Um, as far as a Michael Bradley fill-in, I don't know if they're going to go with. Uh, I mean, Sheru, he's been. In the middle of the park, um, Jackson's more of a wide midfielder, but I could see Jackson getting a little bit more run. Um, Osorio, I don't know. I mean, that's that's a tough call. I'm not. I'm probably not going to target any of his replacements, honestly. Um, but I will continue to target Giovinco. Um, he's just he's so reliable. I actually, I think I got a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Last weekend, I think the Toronto game was in question because of some weather and I started I think I got a little uh I don't know I I got a little bit trigger shine Giovinco and I think I even tweeted out to JD I'm not going to do that again regardless of uh if a game's in question or not because it it bit me and it got me good um he still I mean he came out and had a monster game even after like a one or two hour weather delay which he's already done earlier in the season at Dallas I was going to say maybe he's the perfect weather delay target Yes. That's what I told Skyler. Oh, there the you last go. Fair I, enough. <laughs> the last time, well, I told him that after Javinka's big game. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, that was my easily my biggest DraftKings Kings weekend ever was thanks to Javinka on that uh, terrible weather. So Me if too. I ever see if I ever see him, I'm gonna have to tell him thanks. <laughs> Has anybody checked the weather report in DC this weekend? I was gonna say let's. Nope. Uh, I don't. I don't see, think it's. Uh, See if we can get some bad weather heading that way. It might be raining. I'm I'm not too far from D.C., and I think it's supposed to rain all through the weekend. There we go. So, Giovinco now officially the top play for AccuWeather. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 47, 46 points in the last two games for Giovinco, which is uh, pretty impressive. I, I still don't understand why he's not the highest-priced player everywhere, but um, I don't know, we'll see. He's got K. Camaro and Kaká ahead of him. And on the Sunday slate, even Wando at 11-1 is, is higher. That may be a short slate price. But, yeah, he, clearly he's absolutely unstoppable. Um, and one guy who looked unstoppable last night was um, Spindola again, coming back from his injury. Uh, picked up two assists. Looks like he played you know more than enough to to warrant getting a start now. Do you, uh, J.D., do you like Spindola this week? Uh, maybe not this weekend, just because he is coming back from injury. 
Um, and he did play not a lot of minutes, but he played uh, enough that I'm I'm a little bit concerned. And Toronto's been playing really good defense, and they might really try and just park the bus uh, without Bradley. So that that's my biggest concern. But Espindola moving forward, I think, is a great daily fantasy play every time he touches the field. Yeah, I actually love Espindola this weekend. I think he's going to... Uh... He, I mean, from what I understand, he's been fine in training leading up until this midweek game. So he's been out some time now, and I think he, it's probably one of those where they're just making sure he's absolutely 100% fit before they unleash him again. And he picked up an assist in, what, 45 minutes? I think he played a half midweek. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts at home against Toronto. And he's the type of player that just he could get he could hammer out 20 points you know, in the first half, and then everything after that is just icing on the cake. So, I think he had two assists, actually. Oh, he did he? One. Yeah, okay. I think he got a uh, whatever we call them, pre-assist, hockey assist, yeah. whatever <laughs> it is. I think he got one on the on the Doyle yeah. goal. So, I definitely don't blame uh, JD for being a little bit wary just with the injury concern. But with, uh, I don't know, with DC, I mean, they've had so many games in the past. Going back to the congested MLS schedule, I think they've had – six games in the past three weeks, which is just insane. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spindler's missed pretty much all of those. Um, another guy that's going to be back will be Chris Rolfe, who's coming mm-hmm. off that suspension. So he could be a sneaky play. Um, it's going to be, for me, it's going to be tricky to, to pick between those two. But I'm leaning towards Spindle having the bigger game right now. And Luis Silva might be back, and he's yep. only 3,800. Him and Espindola have a great uh, connection going on when they actually get on the field together. So uh, Silva might be a player I look to as a sneaky midfield play. And if Espindola does start, I, I'm definitely going to consider him. He He's not only the type of player, like Skylar said, that can put up 20 points in the first half. He can do that against any team in the league. Yep. Yeah, that's a great point. He There are... Uh, 12 forwards higher priced than him, I think I saw on DraftKings, and I think there are 10 on Mondo goal. So there are definitely, clearly there are uh, players that those, you know, those sites think are, are better, but I assume a lot of that is just injury-related that he hasn't played enough. But yeah, I think Silva was out on the bench last night, so not that that necessarily means he was close to playing, but right closer than not being on the bench. <laughs> And and before we move on, uh, we don't probably don't give enough attention to the goalkeepers and defenders. But Toronto's uh, pretty cheaply priced for a game that they could do really well in. Like I said, they might park the bus. Kanopka's in goal was thirty four hundred. Ashton Morgan is thirty three hundred against a team that's like Skyler said has had to play a lot of games lately. Uh, you could do a lot worse as uh, budget defender options. Has Kanopka locked up that job? Like Bendik was out with an injury, right? And yeah, I I think he's locked it up. They they've been playing so much better since he's been in, and it might just be a coincidence. But uh, why uh, why change? Good, yeah. Why change at this point? Yeah, I yeah. I think he's single handedly probably picked up a few points for for Toronto FC just in this little span that he's had the starting goalkeeper job. So I'd be surprised um, unless he goes down with an injury or or something crazy happens. I'd be surprised if he. Uh, is stripped of that starting role. Yeah, seems like a, a poor time to make a switch given how, how they're playing. Um, so back to the topic of resting players, we're going to hit Montreal and Columbus, where, as we mentioned, Kay Kamara got, Kai Kamara got a, a bit of a rest on Wednesday. 
have, did we learn anything from this Columbus game um, on Wednesday, Skyler, or do we just throw it out and say it was a midweek? They rested. Don't even don't even think about it. Yeah, for me, I think that they exactly that. I think they just probably just decided that they were going to give some guys a rest. And uh, I mean, yeah, they had guys like Ethan Finley and Justin Miram, Iguain, and and uh, and they're starting eleven, but. It just—I don't know—just the the vibe I got from watching that game just didn't seem like they were in it. And uh, Parkhurst think, was out too. That not that he's an attacker, but that doesn't. Yeah, that's huge. Doesn't help. Though. Yeah, that's yeah. huge for the team. Yeah, yeah, it really was. I mean, it really opened up a lot for uh, Philadelphia in the back. I mean, it just—they had to shift some guys around. I think they had outside backs playing center back, and it just—it didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't right. I mean, you could tell something wasn't wasn't right there. So. Parkers is the is the only guy last night in defense that could could distribute out of the back. Pogatetz isn't a great distributor. I think Barson, um, well, Waylon Francis on the on the side, I guess, but he was really struggling just to stay in that game defensively. So, yeah, yeah I, I I write it off too for Columbus. Yeah, Not I think they probably targeted this the game against Montreal um, on Saturday. So. Um, I think you're going to see the big hitters back in action. Kai Kamara should be another top pick. Um, I, you know, pretty much guarantee he's going to start this game along with Iguain. I'd be surprised if they both didn't start. So this could be one of those games like we talked about a few weeks ago that if you have Iguain, if you've got Kamara, you could probably even mix in Miram and Ethan Finley, and you could probably just stack the crew and have a have a massive get massive date but we'll see that's so boring stacking the crew is so boring <laughs> they're they're my favorite team probably but Iguain is uh surprisingly disappointing at times this year in terms of putting up fancy points he doesn't have quite the safe floor that Skyler is touting I'm done with him myself uh-oh I've, I'll happily spend the money elsewhere because it, just like you said the floor isn't isn't there well, the the problem just is that there's so many other dangerous people on that team that it doesn't have to run through him anymore. Um, and he's still a great player, but he's kind of fading into the background a little bit. Columbus looked a lot more dangerous than we've given them credit for last night, though. They could have had a couple goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Iguain's, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, he's not, when you look, especially if you look at his game log, um, he's got, I don't, know, I don't know what he ended up with last night, but probably somewhere around three. Um, but before that, he was subbed off because of a red card, so he really didn't get a chance to do anything. Um, the game before that, he had 13. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not as reliable as he has been. For me, I think I still go back to uh, just some of the old fancy performances that I've been used to from him. So right, maybe yeah, I'm, he was a beast. Yeah, maybe I'm hanging on to that a little bit too much, um, just knowing what he can do. So... I don't know. I mean, if, if Columbus goes off, then Iguain should be in the mix. And it, it's tough to fade a guy like Iguain, but I can totally see where you guys are coming from. I think if he was 8,500 and not 9,500 on DraftKings, I'd be a little more understanding. But 1,200 bucks more than Fellhaber or 900 more than Pedro Morales, it, I'd rather spend my money there. 2,000 more than Piotti? Yeah. Who we can talk about. I was just about to game. bring him up. Um, he put up a gir- giant zero last week. I'm uh, thinking that was a scoring error. I need to get Skyler on the case. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, 
Piotti is so frustrating for me. He's probably as frustrating to me as, as Iguain is to you guys. Uh, could have won a uh, ticket to the big DraftKings summer contest this Saturday if uh, Piotti didn't bag that late goal. So I was kind of <laughs> trying to fade that summer game, trying to fade for that summer games ticket. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just seems like he's, he's up and down. He's so hit or miss. He's just a wild card to me. Like, he could have a game where he floats around and does nothing or where, you know, teams pretty much just focus on shutting him down, which might have happened that the game that he got a goose egg. Mm-hmm. Um, or, yeah, I mean, he's if Montreal has a set piece, a penalty kick, he's usually in the mix, and he's always, you know, in the mix to try to create something. So, uh, he, I mean, he's a, he's a solid fantasy option, especially at 7,500. He's just one that's really hard for me to, to click on to uh, put my team. If if I was going to not use him that much, this would be one of those weeks. Uh, Parkhurst is going to be back, I believe. Um, and yep. Columbus, like like we talked about, they're going to bring a full team. They're at home. Montreal just played midweek, too, and Piotti doesn't strike me as a, a player that's extremely fit. He kind of strikes me as a, a guy that has a ton of talent and kind of came to MLS to, you know, relax a little bit. He still works hard when he's on the field, but... I don't know that he's the type of player we can count on to be an Iron Man. They want to rest him. He might not play a full ninety. There, there's just a lot of factors that that are making me think maybe I'll go a different direction. As tempting as he is. Well, yeah, the seventy five hundred is a nice price, but it's the same as Madonna, and you wouldn't. I don't think you'd really confidently pick Piotti over him, right? Well, Piotti's a more dangerous threat for goals, but Madonna is a safer play. Right, Madonna's got the, the crossing ability. I mean, he's good for, generally good for five to six crosses per game. Whereas right. Piotti, could get off a few shots, maybe a, a shot on goal, and potentially uh, step up. You know, hit a PK. So, so is there anyone else from Montreal that you guys like? So, McInerney getting any love? McInerney. McInerney, excuse me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. I, I think he's an all right bet. Um, he's definitely going to play. Like a lot of these teams this week, they're kind of stuck with somebody at striker. Or um, me being the expert, I supposedly am, uh, I I don't know who some of these teams even have left to play at striker. <laughs> so so McInerney would be uh, interesting as a stack option with Piotti, but I don't know that I'd be playing him in a, in a cash game or anything. If um, Dilly Duca, I'm waiting to get back on the field and show me something because he's uh, he can be an exciting wing option on the wing for just 4,500. Yeah, I'm staying away from Montreal except for I mean Jack Max an option. Like JD said, he's uh, pretty much their the last man standing in their forward rotation. They've had so many injuries. Um, you know, Kenny Cooper, Dama Duro, they were guys that probably should be playing right now and they probably would be factoring in but Jack Max still still the man um he's scored a couple of good goals here of late but still I'm just I'm not really feeling Montreal in this game I really I think Columbus is gonna take out some frustration this this Saturday yeah in that one more thing in that price range he's probably the best pure goal scorer uh in the league Yep. In the 6,000s. I mean, he really has a great finishing touch when he's in form. Yeah, it's definitely an 
an attractive price at least because you're probably not going to go for Chad Barrett off the bench. But Although <laughs> speaking of Chad Barrett, we're heading to that game now. Uh, and if we want to touch on injured forwards or at least unavailable forwards, we can talk about supporting KC. Looks like Nemeth is already gone, I believe, for international duty. And Dwyer is, from what I read today, he is somewhere between questionable and probable, which is certainly better than doubtful to questionable or out to doubtful. So I guess he could play. Uh, I'm not sure how <laughs> confident I'd be playing him after missing some, you know, not that he's been out for that long, but he's missed a few games now with this neck injury. But one of our uh, Twitter questions was from this game and is basically just why is Benny Fellhaber so cheap? Uh, he's at 8300 which puts him in, in pretty far down the list, at least in terms of, I, have, I think I'm looking actually at the combined Friday-Saturday, but, you know, they're, they're at least six or seven guys ahead of him. JD, you're a fan. Should he be higher? Um, I think he's right where he should be, to be honest. Um, he's really not always been the the guy that you look to for fantasy points, per se. He's kind of a guy that I like a lot more in, in real life. He's not always going to get you a ton of crosses, and I think his shot totals are kind of an anomaly lately. He's getting more than he usually does, and it's nice to see him jump into the attack, but he could just as easily kind of play the deep-lying midfielder playmaker that that's really risky to go with on DraftKings. So I, I think he's all right. At, I think he's the seventh-ranked midfielder on this Friday-Saturday slate, and it's tough to really put him ahead of guys like Kaká, Pedro Morales... Um, even I like Harry Ship more this week than Phil Harbor, I think. So he's really good, and I what an insult to not make the the national team friendlies here. But I yeah, I don't think that he's terribly mispriced. Speaking of the U.S. thing, it's my understanding um, from I was talking about it with uh, Steve, who does these rankings with you guys every week. That it sounds like Phil Harbor and Klinsman don't exactly see eye to eye and Klinsman has basically been holding a grudge for the last few years and Benny's not getting out of it so it doesn't look like he's even really that close to getting a call up I'm not going to stop complaining about it so. <laughs> fair enough <laughs> so do you guys uh Skyler would you jump on Dwyer if he starts uh yeah if he starts I'd I'd give him a give him a look I I'm not really feeling confident in him starting I'm actually targeting Graham Zusi this game because with Nemeth away on international duty and and the question questionable tag on Dwyer I actually think Zusi is going to get shifted up into that more attacking role and I could see him being more of a a uh, forward this game than a midfielder as he's listed on DraftKings so uh, I've got my eye on Zusi um, I don't know I mean Dwyer is a solid pick but just with the the questionable tag on him I don't know something's kind of I mean I don't think that he's completely like zoned in on his wife Sydney LaRue in the Women's World Cup but something's <laughs> telling me that he's kind of you know wanting to be there to support her obviously with uh U.S. women starting the their World Cup campaign campaign soon um I mean that's understandable but he's a he's a professional athlete too so hopefully you know whatever this is whatever's going on is just the um injury related 
Um, but I'm not 100% sure that he's going to play this week, so I'm kind of looking at Zussi a little bit harder. Another guy that might not play is Clint Dempsey, not because of international duty, but because his wife is due with their, I don't know how many kids he already has, but due with another one. And Man, this is like an episode of Real Housewives of Hollywood or something, <laughs> all these... Let's just think about the soccer people. Come on. Housewives of fantasy. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So uh, if Dempsey sits, uh, you know, Obafemi Martins was probably high up some rankings anyway. But um, if Dempsey sits, does that benefit Martins or does it hurt him that you guys would would downgrade him? I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, Martins is going to be out. Yeah, well, I mean, I read a report earlier that basically said he's – um, unable to train. He's, I don't, I mean, it's still up in the air, but from what I can tell, he's, it's pretty, uh, doubtful that he's going to play. He had surgery. He, he played the last game with the broken nose. And I think afterwards he had surgery for it. So it, it just doesn't seem like he's going to be able to breathe properly in time for, for this game. So oh, I thought there'd yeah. just be a mask situation. Yeah, I, it could be a mask. We'll see. You had me panicking, though, because I didn't rank him this week, and I thought I messed up. But, no, yeah, now I remember why. Um, that These are the two teams I was talking about. I don't know who they're going to play at forward because mm-hmm. uh, Chad Barrett, I think, isn't playing. So Seattle has – Nagel might play forward. Yeah, he's another one I pumped up in my rankings just based on the uh, injuries that Seattle's dealing with. Um, if Martins doesn't go, if Barrett – Apparently he was injured in training midweek, and then Deuce is dealing. You know, Deuce might be out um, with family-related matters. So, yeah, Nagel is pretty much the the next guy in line, I, I think, and he's going to be uh, a target for me. What do you think? Yeah, I like Nagel, I like Zusi, and I like Marco Papa. So I think those are the three you really look to this game, and potentially you look at the defense if you're not confident in in the offense that the teams are putting out. it. I mean, these two teams, you don't look at and say, I want to play my defense against them. So it might be a, a really sneaky, great play this week. Papa was a guy I wanted to touch on because he's, you know, you see on the, basically the two bigger ones that we talk about, DraftKings and Mondo Goal, you see a few price differences with certain guys. And Papa is 7,100 on DraftKings, which is fairly reasonable um, price, you know, he's around that Maidana Piatti uh, price range. On Mondo goal, he's the fourth highest priced midfielder. It's Dempsey, Valeri, Morales, and Marco Papa for how well he's been playing. And frankly, his game kind of fits the the Mondo goal scoring system a little better. But he's not really. I mean, I'm uh, looking here: 22.33 points two games ago, and 18.83. I mean, those are pretty solid Mondo goal points. Do you guys would you pay him? More than everyone but three players and Valer- basically two because Valeri's out. Is he worth that much on Mondo goal? I think so, especially this game. Uh, the The offense does kind of run through him. Uh, he, I wouldn't say he's a better fit for Mondo goal, Mondo goal than DraftKings because he also gets the crossing points. But he's you take how good he is on DraftKings, and he's also a great play for different reasons on Mondo Goal because he's getting all the passing points, all the kind of the more activity-based uh, scoring on Mondo Goal. So, yeah, I think he's a great option both places. And if if I had the, the money and maybe even I'd, I'd try and squeeze him in on Mondo Goal as the fourth highest-priced player, I don't think there's a problem considering him there. 
Yeah, he's always a target of mine on DraftKings. Um, I do find it a little bit tough to squeeze him in um, on Mondo Gold just based on the other midfielders around him and based off of the uh, Mondo Gold score system compared to DraftKings. But he's been, yeah, he's just been a monster lately. I mean, he's, like you said, he's hitting close to 20 points a game. Yeah, he's had a couple of, of weak games sprinkled in there, but generally he's good for, I mean, he's over all their set pieces. He's swinging the ball in anytime in open play, um, getting crosses off to when Deuce and uh, Obafemi are in there to, you know, two of the best scorers in the league. So he's probably got the, the best opportunity to pick up an assist of anybody um, in the league just based off of who he's serving balls into. So, And now uh, he's confident, so the goals are starting to come as well. Yeah, now he's got two, you know, goals in consecutive games. So, yeah, goals, assists. I mean, yeah, Papa's, Papa's a target regardless of his price, but definitely a little bit easier to take him, especially at 7,100 on DraftKings. Let's let's try and put this in perspective quick. Fail Harbor at eighty three hundred, Papa at seventy one hundred, or Nagel at fifty nine hundred. Who do you like best for the value? If Nagel starts, um, probably Nagel because he's probably going to be playing as as Seattle's go to striker. Um, uh, besides that, I mean, just based off of the prices that you gave me, then probably Papa. <laughs> And yeah, then, I I like Papa even for twelve hundred more. The floor seems safer to me with Papa, which is why yeah. you, you're paying twelve hundred bucks of insurance basically. Yeah, it's no secret I don't like Nagel that much, but <laughs> if he's playing forward, that is an attractive choice. So I'm going to skip to this next game, which is Orlando at Chicago, because I actually wanted to compare Marco Papa and Kaká, who. Scored again last week, laughed in our faces for the third consecutive game. <laughs> Three consecutive games with a penalty. So I still, I, I really struggle paying this much money for somebody who is relying on that. But it's actually, he and um, Papa and Kaká are right next to each other in Mondo goal. So that's where the, the comparison is. There's basically, I don't, I would much prefer um, the the DraftKings prices, you know, with, with uh, I would take, Pop over Kakana in a heartbeat, at least on DraftKings. But do you guys think that, or JD, do you think uh, Kaka scores from open play this week? Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I I don't mind Chicago's defense, um, and or Orlando's good, but I don't think that necessarily means Kaka is a, a guarantee for a goal. I I'll note this, Kaka. Even though he's scored, he's not really getting you much more than than even value for eleven thousand eight hundred dollars the last two games. I mean, he's barely getting you more than a point per thousand dollars. Yeah, if you take out the the goal, basically, that you know the ten points for the goal. Even when he, yeah, even even when he has one goal, he's not really. Uh, I don't really he's not getting me that excited about his point output. He has 16 and 15 points and he's taking up over 20% of your salary. Right. Yeah, you're pretty much counting on him to get at least that and if he doesn't, it's going to be a huge letdown. Um the upside's there for for more, but on the road at Chicago, I'm not I'm not going to be uh all in on Kaká like I have been. Probably definitely still include him on some Mondo Mondo Gold teams. He uh he was a big part of my lineups last week 
and uh, obviously came through the penalty kick. But yeah, I mean, he just he's priced so high, especially on DraftKings, to where he almost prices himself out of uh, being able to work into your lineup. So it's a tough one there. I'd much rather go with Harry Ship, even if they were closer in price. Yeah, I think the only upside that Kaká has over Harry Ship is that if Orlando gets a PK, then he's taking it. Uh, obviously, with Chicago, Big Red Lorenowitz is going to step up and and strike one. He missed although, the well, last well, one. Well, he'll, he'll take it at least. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Although he did miss last game, so who knows? Maybe he'll get replaced. Yeah, Harry Ship's on set pieces too, so. I don't think he's going to get uh, Lorenowitz is going to get replaced on PKs, but Harry Ship has a lot of the same upside as Kaká in terms of set pieces, and now he's in Sean Maloney's spot in the center of the midfield, and he looked yeah. great last game. Yeah, he did. Do you guys have any? Would like have you guys played Lorenowitz at all during this run? I mean, it, it, he's he essentially, aside from the penalties, is is off limits, right? As as a center back, like the, for a team that's not that great. Like, have you guys had him in any of your lineups? Last night, and he <laughs> missed. <laughs> yeah, last night. Well, I think um, up until last night, I think he was actually listed as a midfielder in DraftKings. I think they corrected oh. that. It might have been he might he might have been a defender the week before, but I think he's been plugged in as a midfielder on DraftKings. So it was really hard for me to take him over any some of the other similarly priced midfielders. It just looks yeah. so strange when you look at him because he's now the highest priced defender this week. And usually when you see a guy like that, it's because of the crosses. Like, that's where you get a lot of your, your defender value on DraftKings. And he right. he has zero. He has yeah. one cross in the 10-game in the 10-game <laughs> log, and he's the highest-priced guy. We'll note that Breck Shea is also out. He's on international duty, so he's out as well, which leaves DeMarcus Beasley in the Friday full slate or Waylon Francis as your, your highest-priced defenders this week. But... I, um, the guy I want to talk about before we move on is David Akam, who just seems like he's, he should be more expensive. I feel like, I don't know if, if you guys agree, but he, when he continues to be in this, um, trying to see where he, where he is this week, 7,100, you know, he's in that Lato, Arietta, Nemeth obviously is out, Jack Mack, like he's in that realm, that range. And I would, I'd absolutely take him over, you know, Fernando Adi, who I, We'll probably swear off of from now on, and Teal Bunbury. I mean, he's uh, <laughs> like I don't know why he's not higher up. Given that I feel like he's another guy who has kind of this decent floor that we get from from fouls drawn and crosses and and shots on target. He has seven shots on goal just in the last three games, which is pretty good for you're paying seventy one hundred this week. You were playing fifty five two weeks ago. But JD, do you like a com this week? Um, are we sure that Akam is going to play? I think he might be called into uh, Ghana's international. Oh, I thought he camp. had. Yeah, there's a lot of gray area around. Yeah, there right it, now. it sounded like they. Everything I keep reading is Chicago hasn't been called yet. Like that, like they haven't been told, which is kind of oh, a that's weird. weird. I, it's very, I just, it's a very weird situation. Yeah, I know it's borderline. If he plays, then I would, I would feel very confident putting him in. I think he's a. He's just a really quality player, and you don't see speed like his too much in uh, Major League Soccer. Um, he can really—he has the potential to beat anybody, and he makes very smart runs. He's not just all speed like uh, like some guys in MLS. He's a smart player too, so I would definitely feel confident getting him in there. I also like 
pretty much anybody else Chicago throws out on offense I think is great value unless it's goalie DePrado then stay away (laughs) (laughs) you're definitely not a fan of DePrado he's so bad he's He's like those NFL players that just play 10 years after they should quit and retire. <laughs> He's so slow. He doesn't even try. Oh, I can't even watch that guy. I was hoping that you would hype up Ig- Igbana Nike so I didn't have to say the name. But um, if he gets the <laughs> That's start. pretty good. That is pretty good. Yeah, I've been practicing. But uh, he is a guy that's. he's already said if he gets the chance and he's going to do more than what he just did, which was uh, – 26 point outing when he got the start last weekend. So at 6100, that's definitely a target. If if uh, the starting lineup comes out and he's in it, then he's probably going to be penciled into a few of my lineups. Yep, he's going to be in my flex spot for a lot of teams if he starts. Mm-hmm. We'll note that uh, Mike McGee's getting closer, but still not back yet. So we'll keep waiting on him. Uh, next game is New England at Portland. Juan Agudelo is gone for international duty. So, Skyler, do you does do you think that hurts or helps Charlie Davies? I think it hurts him. I actually don't feel confident in anybody from New England this game. Really, um, maybe Lee Wynn, just since he's had had the uh, rest from being suspended and being out last game. But I actually think Portland is going to do a number on him, and. Uh, as far as Davies goes, I just I don't see him getting a whole lot of service this game. I mean, it's possible that he gets that one opportunity that he puts away, but the price that he's at on DraftKings, it's just it's not worth me paying up for him on this slate. You, you yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. I said last week I wouldn't ever have him for ninety four hundred. And 8,800 really isn't that much of a discount for a game on the road um, in Portland. Who Portland's starting to play a lot better. I like their defense a lot. So yeah, Charlie Davies was only on my radar when he was in the the low 7,000s. I don't think he's a he's the type of player you want on DraftKings because he's not getting you much uh, many points in ways other than goals and shots. I was just about to say, he's not even really getting you that many points in shots. He has three shots over his last three games. Right, Lorenowitz has more shots on average than (laughs) he does per game, I bet. It's certainly there. Uh, Skyla, you mentioned somebody that I have in my notes here that I was going to ask one of you to make a case for why I would ever spend $8,000 on Lee Wynn. Can you make the case there, Skyler? I don't know about this game, but going again based off of what I've seen him do in the past, then he can be explosive. I mean, he's had games where he's just done nothing for, you know, first 50, 60 minutes of a game and then scored two goals back-to-back. He's got that ability to, to uh, do that. But I don't know if it's just he's he had some contract issues earlier in the year. It, it, it doesn't seem like he's been the same Lee win that we saw last year that was um, MV Lee, so to speak, uh, <laughs> who was uh, – vying for an MVP, you know, crown, and he probably could have been the MVP leading, leading New England to the championship game, but he, he hasn't been the same player. I mean, he's I'm going to take him usually on a favorable matchup, maybe at a, on a home game, but I don't know. I mean, this game, is, is, I'm not feeling him. Yeah, he was injured in the preseason, so I think that's part of his slow start. 
But I'm looking at the DraftKings log here, and four out of his first five games, he had double-digit points. Um, and like Skyler said, he can all it takes is a minute for him to, to really affect a game. But more often than not in his career, or last season especially, he's affected all 90 minutes. I mean, he can be just a phenomenal game changer, and I'm, I'm not going to back down on that until he kind of has a Will Bruin-esque two seasons off. <laughs> of just down for him. I mean, I think he can play well against Portland. Uh, why not? Portland hasn't really shown that they're going to shut the opposing team's best player down too often lately. Do you like any of the Portland attackers? If a Rudy starts, I would uh, definitely consider him. He's he's just shown a knack for scoring a goal lately. Jermaine Jones is out, by the way, yep. so that kind of gives a boost to Portland a little bit. Um, most of their offensive players are, as usual, reasonably priced. But once again, who are you gonna gonna go with? Are you gonna go with Wallace, Nagby, um, or Rudy? Not going with Nagby. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if you look at Squawka's ratings, he is one of the best offensive players this season. Yeah, but he's I, still got that game around the corner where he's just gonna make us look like fools, but he's been awful fantasy-wise this season. Yeah, I mean, offensively, I think they're measuring more like all of his little contributions because he's really not uh, changing the game anywhere close to the box that often. So He's really good um, at non-fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm always tempted to take him, but I highly doubt I'll be looking at him this game or probably any Portland attack other than Whatever striker starts, that's who I'm going to be tempted to to take as a cheap option. Yeah, Valeri <clears throat> hasn't been officially ruled out, but he's basically basically been ruled out. So we'll have to wait a little longer to see if he comes back. Yeah, I think Valeri's probably out. I think uh, Arudi, though, I think he's been pretty dangerous the past two games I've watched. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on that lineup. He's only 6,300. So he's a guy, too, that if you're saving that flex spot, um, you know, he's a guy that I'm going to probably be targeting to to uh, pull me through on the, the nightcap games. So other than him on Portland, if Wallace gets the start, I'll probably target him, but I'm not counting on him starting. I actually am pretty high on Jack Jewsbury. Will Johnson was called up to the Canadian national team, so... I don't think he's going to factor in this game, but I think Jewsbury will probably slot into that central kind of deeper-lying midfield role. But whenever he's in the starting lineup, he's also a set-piece threat. So he's usually you know, one of the options on free kicks, corner kicks. And who knows, that could lead to an assist or a, a goal. He scored a goal last game. That was his first double-digit effort of the, uh, the last 10 games. But, yeah, not a bad call there. And Arudi, like I said, we both like him. But if he got points for being offsides, he would probably be my top play this week. <laughs> Arudi's only 7.9 on Mondo goal, which is pretty cheap for an attacking player on that. I don't think I would side, take but... him on Mondo goal. He's not involved enough. Mm -hmm. That's just my opinion. And I also think I think Johnson is still around. I think Canada okay. doesn't play until the 11th, so... Okay. You would hope that he can What's get price, uh, one more game. I think he's still at three thousand. Okay. Yeah, because Tesho is playing this week for yeah. Dallas. Yep. So, okay. and that's the well, day later. 
Yeah, I think he's missed. Uh, in fact, I'm not sure. Out for Will Johnson. Yeah, I don't think they're actually <laughs> missing any games because I think they're off the following week. At least uh, Portland doesn't have one. So Canada plays on the 11th and the 16th. So I think he should be back by the 20th. You you know, as long as he doesn't come back with anything. But why is Will Johnson still three thousand dollars? <laughs> I don't know if anybody at DraftKings has has any idea what kind of damage <laughs> Will Johnson can do. <laughs> Well, let's keep, let's keep it that way for at least another week. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, he's, uh, I don't know. I mean, he's not, like, the most flashy player, but he's, he, too, steps over, stands over set pieces. So he could, he, he, we've seen him hit a free kick before and score a goal off his set piece ability. So. Yeah, I mean, he's arguably the best player in Timbers history other than Diego Valeri. And some Timbers fans would probably say Will Johnson. Yeah. Timbers fans love Will Johnson. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and feeding off that home crowd, then if he gets the start, uh, it's so tough, though, because that's that late game, and it bit me last time when I had him. He was one of the, you know, at 3,000, there's not many options you can pivot off of. So yeah. that's a uh, that's a really tough call. If you're going to play him, then put him in your flex spot and hope that there's a defender that you can uh, pivot off of if he doesn't get the start. Yeah, it's such a catch-22 because you're using him to save so much money, but then... If he doesn't play, you don't have that money left to. He's not worth keeping if you have to keep, you know, two thousand bucks laying around. Yeah, JD, what would you price Will Johnson at if you, uh, if you could, if you were the DraftKings pricer? Uh, probably just under six thousand right now. Maybe yeah. uh, as he warms up a little bit higher. Yeah, I was thinking right at around six thousand. Pretty... I tried to think what I would consider him at, and it's probably a little bit under six thousand. So we're getting him at like half price. Right. Yep. If he plays. Next up is Vancouver and L.A. Um, Skyler, you were right last week that Robbie Keane didn't even make the trip to Foxborough to even look at the turf in person. So he uh, is he back or did he get called already? He is supposedly back. I think he's deemed himself fit for minutes. He says he doesn't know if he's going to start, that he thinks that coming off the bench is probably his best bet at this point. So that's straight out of his mouth. So Great. it's more than likely he's going to have like a you know another 30 minute cameo which again he's dangerous but as far as DFS goes if you're paying that much for a player I'm probably not going to be I'm probably going to stay away from him again yeah I'm reading the note here he's going to miss the next game while he's away on international duty but <clears throat> yeah he's available for this one so he's back um Gassy's artist is out uh, Pinedo is out both on international duty Vancouver I can't imagine they will keep Morales and Rivera on the bench. JD, do you think Vancouver can take this one? Yeah, they definitely can, but I still like uh, Los Angeles defense. Brian Rose, a great value in goal. Um, so, the, I mean, the one team's rested and coached by the best manager in the league, and the other team's coming off a midweek performance. So I wouldn't say you lock them in Um like a lot of people will be tempted to, but they're definitely in consideration. I'm pretty jaded with Pedro Morales this season. It's just, uh, it's so complicated whether he's going to play, whether he's going to play a full 90, if he's going to just relax all game. I mean, he's one of the best midfielders in the league, but hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to finish the thought, yeah. Do you like those attackers from Vancouver, Skyler? Yeah, I do. I think the... This game's a tricky one because, like J.D. said, Bruce Arena's probably the best manager in the league. So even when he's without his 
best attacking options, he's probably going to shift towards more of a defensive setup. So I could totally see him trying to, um, you know, shut down Rivero and, and Morales, just focus on that and being happy with a, a nil-nil game or Alan Gordon coming on to, to bag a goal in the 98th minute. Um, <laughs> so Could Gordon yeah. start since Zardis is out and Keane is not going to, you know, if, if Keane doesn't start? Yeah, I think he could just based off of what they're dealing with right now. I don't think they've got too many more options. Gordon was, I think he was came off injured last game, but reports that I've read have said that he's fit. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start. And if that's the case, and yeah, he might be a good, good option at his price. Yeah, I think Gordon and um, they do have some other options. Uh, Jose Villarreal has been starting up top, and he's honestly looked like their best player the last couple of games. He's been very creative. Uh, he might have came off injured. Uh, actually, I think he got a little nick after he had that uh, back heel assist. To I was going to say, he only he didn't even play 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. he came off. Uh, I, don't, I mean, it looked like some sort of a clavicle type injury or something I yeah, mean, he, it looked like he might he might miss out another game or two at least but i haven't heard any reports. okay he did keep playing for a couple minutes so i i didn't know if it was serious or not but edson buttle i guess would be another person they might turn to at 4200 and he has had his time as a great goal scorer in the league it just oh, yeah. so happened it's happened to be about eight years i was ago, gonna say it's been, <laughs> been a while since. yeah i haven't heard his name for a while but that's a good shout i mean he could uh with all the the lack of options he could get thrown into the mix. Vancouver's defense has, I mean, I think they're they're decent, but they haven't been very good recently at all. Playing at the StubHub Center, too. It's not like they're playing at home. So. Meaning right. Vancouver's not playing at home. Yep. Yeah, it seems like two teams that have a bunch of very good players, and you'll probably avoid them all this week. Uh, maybe Christian Takara at $5,000. Oh, yeah. I, I love that guy already. He's like the the Jovinko light. He's just super small and fast, and he's he's getting more and more acclimated to MLS and becoming pretty active. I don't I don't know that he'll start though, so that would throw a wrench into things. Only five thousand on DraftKings is pretty solid. Um, and you will be able to pivot off of him to uh, Maganto is also five thousand, and he had a goal last game, I believe. They're playing, let's see, it's actually the same time as that Portland one, so you could, if you plug Takara into your flex and he doesn't start and Will Johnson does, although then you're, not that you cannot have 2,000 sitting on your table, but you know that would bother me. Yeah, it bothers anybody that's got two grand <laughs> left over. <laughs> Maganto actually had a goal and an assist and 22 DraftKings points yeah. last game. Ooh. I remember keep reading his name and I kept wanting to say Magneto. <laughs> Anyway, um, that's the sun, that's a Saturday slate. Sunday uh, starts off with Colorado at Salt Lake. Salt Lake is without Ramondo, Beckerman, Jordan Allen, podcast favorite still out. Um, what does that help Colorado enough that that they're going to get? I mean, not that RSL has has been great this season, but those are some pretty important pieces that are missing. Um, Gabriel Torres has zero points in his last two games. Um, I'll give him the benefit that he's only played 135 minutes over that span. But uh, <laughs> zero is, that's, I think, uh, J.D., you and I had tweeted about that. That's uh, a little disappointing. Dylan, I'm also putting Skyler on the case on that one. <laughs> zero points. He should have had at least two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously Kevin Doyle and their new uh, their new strike force have 
played a part in that, but zero, come on. Yeah, zero. Play that much of an effect. That's a long time to play to get zero points, 135 minutes. So, um, I don't know. We'll see what what happens. But Selignac is still pretty cheap. Although, did did he not start last week? I think Doyle started. I think Doyle started. Came on for Doyle. Right. Well, they had a they had a double game week last week, so. Yeah, they, they played. Start this week. Yeah, they only had three days um, between their games, so. Fair enough. Uh, Dylan Powers, eleven points in two games, which is basically an MVP for performance next to Torres. Um, <laughs> JD, you have written about both of these guys this season. Do you like either of them in this game? Yeah, I, I like all of the Colorado attack. They're okay. definitely going to find their way into my lineup. But I don't. I wouldn't say that I love them. I think Salt Lake still has a good defense there at home. This is a big rivalry match, and quite frankly, at Nella in goal for RSL is extremely tempting at $3,000. So that might make me shy away from Colorado uh, attackers a little bit. Um, Pablo Mastroeni said this week, I was reading an MLS.com article, and he compared them to exotic fish in an aquarium. And when they're just put in and they have to get acclimated to each other, I think that's a terrible comparison because they're trying to work together, not trying to find their own territory. Um, but he, whatever he wants to do with that mustache of his, he can. Um, Is that Noah definitely back? I don't. I think it sounds like he's training. So I have a hard time thinking that they would go with their third choice keeper over a, a really proven backup. Okay, yeah. Lalo Fernandez, I was reading about. He's he's number three. He's a 3,000, so... I can't say I've ever seen him play, so I I can't give you any advice on him. I just know that his name is Lalo. <laughs> that is a cool <laughs> name. And he is 3,000, so if yeah, he gets the nod, then he's definitely... Well, the same price as Atnella, so it's, yeah. you know, you can't... Uh, you're not I saving anything. goalkeeper at 3,000, that's definitely worth looking at. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, as far as Colorado goes for me, then um, maybe Dylan Powers, maybe taking a risk with uh, Kevin Doyle and seeing if he gets off the mark. But I don't know. I'm not feeling them as much as I am the Salt Lake guys this game, even with some of their key players missing. I could see uh, Plata and, and Morales both showing up with a big game. And uh, Saborio, too. He's he's one of the guys that I'm always looking at, especially on a short slate. So I don't know. I think... Uh, Plata for sure is a guy that I'm kind of that I kind of think is gonna I've got that got that hunch about him that he's gonna have a big game this this uh, Sunday. Is oh never mind I have him in my lineup that's why I didn't see him. <laughs> never mind. Going a little too much behind the curtain there. <laughs> yeah, Saborio is, is certainly a, a favorite of yours. Morales finally scored last week, so. Yeah, he's like, pretty much yeah. He would be my number one guy to make sure you get in this week. Morales, he's so good. Yeah, yeah. midfield wise, him and uh, Diaz, pretty much the top two as far as any fifty-fifty or head-to-heads. Those guys are are pretty much your go-to guys. Um, other than that, you've got your if you want to jump to the next game a little bit, you've got your Perez Garcia for San Jose, and then of course Dylan Powers jumping back to this Colorado game, but. Yeah, I mean, Javier Morales on a two-game slate, that's the obvious right there. Yeah, let's jump into that next one because Dallas is missing some pretty good pieces here. I don't think Castillo has returned to training. 
Blas Perez is gone for international duty, I believe. So that leaves us with uh, Teixeira and Akindele up front. I assume Akindele's getting the start, but um, I talked last week how much I liked uh, Perez Garcia, and then he didn't play at all. So I don't know what the heck I'm talking about, apparently. So <laughs> does does the absence of Castillo and Perez, I mean, that has to make you question Mauro Diaz a little bit. The short slate, obviously, makes him a lot more attractive, but those are two, you know, basically two his two finishing pieces ahead of him that he won't have, but uh, does Akindeli fill that role effectively, Jay-Z? JD? Jay-Z. <laughs> Jay-Z, that would be sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll see if we can get it next yeah. week. <laughs> I don't know I, what his fantasy uh, soccer knowledge is, but it, only experts on this one. He's an expert at everything, apparently, if you <laughs> listen to people. So anyway, um, I really like uh, Akindele. I think he's getting the call-up, finally deciding to play for Canada, which mm-hmm. is uh, must be an exciting moment in his life. And it, he's definitely a goal scorer. Um, at San Jose is a bit of a tough matchup, but he's a guy that might get into m- – Almost all of my lineups for $5,300, just because you do have Mauro Diaz feeding him the ball. If I have to pick between which which person I feel better about in my lineup, when price is factored in, it's definitely Akindele over Diaz. I, Diaz, like you said, just might not be able to connect with quite as many people. I don't like Teixeira at all, by the way. Not a fan. He He's one of those guys that can just go quiet for a whole game. I don't really think he's a quality finisher. He doesn't wow me in any way whatsoever. Hmm. But he is cheap, <laughs> so I mean, if if you like guys that are cheap and could could grab a random goal like Will Bruin, then <laughs> man, I was actually about to say I think Teixeira is a decent option. But please uh, do, please tell us why. Uh, well, if he gets the start, he's a good option. Which he, I think, he just made his return from injury last game out. So, I don't know. It's, it's, it feels like um, Dallas looks at Akindele as more of that super sub. But, yeah, obviously with Perez and Castillo out, then Akindele should be in line to get a little bit more run. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Teixeira starting. And if he does at 4,900, then, yeah, it's, it's worth a roll of the dice on him. Um, he's, he comes, it seems, like I think I said it a couple of weeks ago, when he gets the start, it seems like he always scores every time he starts. So, um we'll see i don't i mean he's yeah he's not flashy he he does nothing super special but he scores goals and i guess that's all you can ask for in the forward given the short slate and a few guys that are missing skylar is there any way that you have a lineup without wando in it no not at home i think wando's the best option out of everybody actually on this whole slate so no he's going to be in all my lineups um, on the Sunday slate. JD? I concur. <laughs> <laughs> so enthusiastically concur. Gonna get I, one I love Uber. Wando. I don't know why you guys don't think I like Wondolowski. I was just... I think it was because he, at one point, was uh, com- not compared, but he was in that conversation with Will Bruin, so maybe it just transfers over a little bit. I think the one week I just didn't like his price, and it... That was the same week that Skyler liked Will Bruin, so I kind of went against his lineup of <laughs> of Wando and Bruin. But yeah, I love Wando, so I'm I'm glad he's he has four goals in four games. I think one in each, so I'm glad he's starting to to rack them up. I think so he's also five in his last six too. 
Yeah. Yep. So this week it's going to be uh, Teixeira. Who else do I need to roll out for our head-to-head? -head? Oh, yeah, we'll have to figure that out. Yeah. Working at the share lineup. <laughs> uh, we should definitely try to make those a little more public so we can see what happens there. But I hey, if if Katie anyone wants to, time. yeah, we're one and one now, so we can even post them on a on a page on the site if you want. Yeah, let's definitely do that. Let's All right. All right, guys. Thanks again. That was another week of this uh, MLS podcast, and we're going to be taking questions pretty much whenever you guys have them so feel free to hit any of us up on twitter's probably the easiest way so hit us up on twitter and we'll try to address your questions uh, when we meet again guys thanks again and good luck this weekend good luck good luck guys Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.